I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Dinero. Yo quiero, yo quiero dinero. Ay. Yo quiero, yo quiero dinero. It's dinero, the nothing personal word of the day. Hello. I just want the green, want the money, want the cash flow. Anyone know that song? Yo quiero, yo quiero dinero. Ay. Dinero, word of the day, it means money. It's a song by Jennifer Lopez. I just want the green, want the money, want the cash flow. Why is she in the news leading off nothing personal? It's almost too good to be true. About a week ago on August 28th or 22 weeks ago, whenever today is, whenever that day was, we've been talking about this Mets sale because the Mets are for sale. The Wilpons are bleeding cash, the owners of the Mets. Real estate's in the crapa. The losses are piling they got made offed many years ago. They tried to sell a team to Steve Cohn for $2.6 billion. That deal went poof in the night when Fred Wilpon did not agree to sell the team to him because Steve Cohn wanted to take over right now. And Jeff Wilpon, this co-owner and COO wanted to run the team for five more years using Steve Cohn's money. That was not going to work. That deal fell apart. Then we entered the era of pandemia. Well, that changed everything. The Mets were back for sale. They hired an investment bank. There were a few groups, a lot of rumors, a mystery bidder who we told you there was no such thing as a mystery bidder. We had three groups, final bids, August 31st. One group fell away the guys who own the Sixers and the Devils, that left the A-Rod J-Lo group. So Alex Rodriguez is now dating Jennifer Lopez. They're A-Lo or J-Rod. Whatever they are, they put a group of people together with A-Rod as the supposed control person. They bid. They were excited. They were getting it. And then word came out that Steve Cohn, yes, that same Steve Cohn who bid 2.6, was going to get the exclusive right to buy the team. And A-Rod and J-Lo were very sad. And they made statements. A-Rod said, we got the whole team together. We had the money. We had a competitive bid. We're disappointed. J-Lo went on Twitter. J-Lo is world famous, as you know. (sighs) She uh, went on Twitter and said, very disappointing. I was excited to be the first woman owner, the first woman Latina to be involved. It was a whole thing. Word came out that Steve Cohn bid $2.35 billion down from 2.6. A-Rod said, well, we were right there. And that was it. Steve Cohn's going to get the team. No, no, that's not it. Front page of the New York Post or the Daily News, some New York paper, Big story, I think it was the New York Post. A-Rod and J-Lo said, we're not done. We're going to keep going. 
We're going to try to get this team because we really, really want it. Now, we know they really want it. So here's what they did. They went public and they said, (laughs) it's almost too good. They said, we want the team. And here's what you're missing by not choosing us to be the owner of the Mets. And they went through Jennifer Lopez released. It's a rumor. It's a source. But it seems to have been confirmed. That they put in a few provisions into their deal. The way this works is when the Mets called for final bids by August 31st, there's something called a purchase agreement. Now, the purchase agreement is literally the agreement that's used between a buyer and a seller to purchase the team. But attached to the purchase agreement are about 20 other documents and hundreds of legal pages that outline specifics of what you're actually buying and what you're not. Are you buying all the assets of the team, meaning every copier, every baseball, every radar gun? Are you, are you assuming every liability, which means every contract that they owe? Jacob DeGrom's contract is a liability. It's a long-term deal. Are you assuming all the deferred liabilities, which are the bot, like the Bobby Bonilla contract, a million dollars a year for a bunch of years? What are you doing about the TV revenue? Who's getting what, where, when, and how? So it's a very complicated document. And the reality is that every bidder would mark up the document the way they wanted to. So for example, if you're Steve Cohn and you bid $2.35 billion for the Mets, you may say, I'm bidding $2.35 billion, but here's what my bid is made of. I'm going to give you this amount of cash. I'm going to assume all the debt you have. I'm not going to pay Bobby Bonilla his million dollars. And you go on and on and on and on. And then the Mets take a look at the, two, at the deals and they say, well, let's measure them. And it looks like Steve Cohn's $2.35 billion is more than A-Rod's $2.3 billion. But there is a scenario where A-Rod's $2.3 billion could be more than Steve Cohn's $2.35 billion. How can you be $50 million more, for example, if A-Rod agrees that not only is he going to pay Bonilla, but he's going to pay other deferred comp, whereas... Steve Cohn said he wouldn't. So the point is, you can't really look at what the bids are and say who was higher, who was lower. But Steve Cohn got the exclusive. J-Lo then says, you know what? We're not giving up. This is the ninth inning. The team's going to go to Steve Cohn. Newsday is actually reporting right now that everything's going well in the negotiation between Steve Cohn and the Mets. Because even after the bid of 2.35, you enter into lots of negotiations over provisions in the agreement just the legalese, things like indemnifications, when you can sue the Mets for not being truthful about something, when the Mets can sue you as the buyer because you did not pay on time, how much money goes into what's called an escrow account and what are the terms of the escrow account? Escrow account is when you hold back money. If you buy something for a hundred grand, but you put 50 grand of it in an escrow account, like when you buy a house in case the house has termites or you find out the house is built on a on a pack of mud and the seller said, no, no, the house is on concrete. And then you move in and you get mud up in your bathtub. There's a million reasons why there's escrow. So Jennifer Lopez decides to use us, the public, 
to try to curry favor and make Fred Wilpon believe that J-Lo would be the best person. There was a lot of rumors that there's no way that A-Rod would get the 23 votes to become the control person because there's a lot of owners who don't like A-Rod. Oh, because if you think that Rob Manford likes A-Rod because they made nice all of a sudden, that's not the case. Remember, A-Rod sued Rob Manford. Remember, A-Rod is the bane of Rob Manford and Bud Selig's existence with biogenesis and steroids and all the crap that went on. Remember the movie about that uh, by Billy Corbin that you should check out? It's called Screw... Um, yeah, I think it's called Screwball. I think you can find it on Netflix. It's a great movie about what A-Rod and MLB was a bit at fault as well, but it's just an interesting movie. So there's a question, can A-Rod get 23 votes? But there's also a question, can Steve Cohn get 23 votes, the number of votes you need to be approved as owner? Steve Cohn uh, had a major insider trading scandal, like a $1.8 billion scandal with his hedge fund. This guy is not exactly, you know, an angel in the outfield. Although, show me a billionaire who is, and I'll show you someone who's not a billionaire. So Jennifer Lopez goes public and says, here's our plan. Forget A-Rod. Sorry, Alex. Can you imagine this conversation? All right, here we go. Hey, Alex, honey, I wonder if she calls him A-Rod, like in bed. Hey, A-Rod. <laughs> that would be funny, maybe only three times a week. Hey, A-Rod, um, I don't think you're going to get the 23 votes. Let's make a little change. Why not let me be the control person? Yes. No, I'll still let you in the room. You can still come to the owner's meetings, I promise. But when there's only a meeting of one per club, that's going to be me because I'm going to be the control person. And I'd be the first woman control person ever. And, you know, A-Rod, I'm, I'm Latin. So can you imagine owner's meetings? There'll be media and we're going to do all sorts of cross promotions. And I won't, I won't sing the anthem at the, at the World Series, but I'm just saying that I think I should be the control person. Well, honey, Honey, Jennifer, I, this is my dream. I want to be the control person. I got to be the control person. Derek's not the control person. That's why I need to be the control person. I don't want to just be Derek and be the COO of the team, the CEO of the team. No, no, I, I, oh, okay. Do you mean it, Jen? You, you're, you're saying we have to do it this way, but can we just, can we tell my kids that I wanted it this way? Not that you asked. No, no. We can tell Mark that you demanded it, but can we just tell my kids that, that it was my suggestion because I thought that you'd be way better at it than I would be? I know my toes are crossed, but you never look at my toes when we're in bed, honey. So J-Lo announced, I'm going to be the control person. Yippee. Baseball is going like this. Wow, that's amazing. Now we think that J-Lo and A-Rod should definitely buy the Mets because J-Lo is going to be the control person. How cool would that be? No. Number two, this was a good one. The payroll, they said, will be in the $225 million range. Come on, Mets fans. Call up Fred. Email him. Call him on the phone. Get Jeff on the phone. Get Rob Manford on the phone. Get 22 other owners and say, hey, we're coming in to pump the payroll to 225. This is when A-Rod and J-Lo show that they have zero experience. Number one, don't make promises that you don't know that you can keep. There's a reason the Mets payroll is in 225 because they can't afford it. And if they can't afford it, you think you're going to come in and run the team so much better that you're going to be able to have a payroll of $225 million. And then when you don't have a payroll of 225, you have to say, I said it would be in the range of 225, not actually at 225. The only teams that have payrolls ever approaching that 
are the Red Sox, Yankees, Dodgers, Cubs once in a while. Don't make promises out of the gate that you know you can't keep. That was like John Henry with the Marlins. Don't worry, I'll build a stadium. Oh, I was sort of kidding. I guess I have to sell now. But that wasn't the best one. Here we go. The third promise J-Lo went public saying, we guarantee we will win the World Series within 10 years. And if not, we will donate $100 million to New York City charities. <laughs> dinero, yo quiero, dinero, dinero. Are you kidding me? Could someone please knock on the door and see if anyone's home? Could someone please find out why it is? And I'm not saying anything about J-Lo personally. I like her. She doesn't like me, but I like her. Who said this would be a good idea? When they were at the dinner table discussing things they could promise. The Mets need a winner. They haven't won the World Series since 1986. They've only won two World Series since 1969. We're going to guarantee World Series in the next 10 years. Oh, my God. We're in the World Series. It's game seven. (gasps) The ball went through his legs. That duck fart landed for a two-out RBI single. We just blew a save with the best closer with a $224 million payroll. Why was the infield in? Ugh. Wait, can we just say that we may win it in the 11th year and not give the $100 million to charity? Will $100 million be $10 million a year for 10 years, which is a normal tax write-off when you have a ton of income? Will it be $1 million a year for 100 years? Or will it be $100 million in year one in which charity? Will it be a charity owned by A-Rod and Jayla? What are the specifics? Who's the president of the charity to whom the money's being given? What's the salary of that president? Mm, I got a lot of questions. If you're reading this article and you're a New Yorker and you actually think that what Jennifer Lopez did with making these three claims that she's going to be the control person, that she's going to give $100 million to charity if they don't win the World Series within 10 years, and they're going to bring that payroll up to $225 million, take a look out your window, look at the GW Bridge, the Tappan Zee Bridge, the Brooklyn Bridge, the 59th Street Bridge, the Verrazano Narrows Bridge. Do me a favor. Buy it. Congratulations, Steve Cohn. You're getting the Mets. De Niro, De Niro, yo quiero. <sighs> we got another letter. Okay, so when I vote for politicians, regardless of are they Republicans, are they Democrats, are they independents, I understand that politicians have to raise money. I understand they spend every day after they're elected trying to get reelected. I am extremely in favor of term limits. I wish that there was that there were uh, changes to campaign financing. I'd like every candidate who qualifies to get the same amount of money. And that's that. Because politicians spending all their time going to dinners hundred bucks a plate, thousand bucks a plate, 25,000 a plate. Hey, do you want a picture? That's an extra grand. Do you want a private 10 on one conversation with the politician? That's an extra five grand. 
the politician before because I've been around politicians before they go to these things. I've been to these things. I've paid to go to these things. I've not paid to go to these things. The politicians are all, how many more? All right, come in, smile, click, no cell phones, we'll send the photo. Click, I'll sign it, no photos, no autographs. No, no, you got to buy my book. No, you got to pay an extra grand. Don't bring a bat or a ball. Politicians have to do these things. I get it. What I don't get is when politicians feel the need, and I'm going to answer my own question because I know you have an answer. When politicians feel the need to get involved in something that they have nothing to do with, it's not their fight, and they're not about to do anything legislatively to either solve an issue, make an issue better, change the parameters, the discussion points, the environment around the issue. When politicians have a stake in the game, that's the wrong expression. I think I'm mixing expressions, Coca. A chip in the game, a stake in the chip, a chip in the stake, a foot in the door. That's not it. When politicians have a, a, a thing in the, a Coca, help me, skin in the game. Thank you, Coca. When politicians have skin in the game, I get it because it's something they want to deal with politically through one of the branches of government. Get involved if you're a politician. If there's something that you know very well that you are guaranteed not to be involved in, but you're doing it to curry favor to either your base or to the White House or to the greenhouse, the red house, the blue house. Stop doing it. You're wasting taxpayers' money. Whatever intern or assistant or policy advisor you have who's spending the time to write a letter, that is time that could be spent trying to actually solve problems that you can help solve. Why am I worked up? I'm worked up because a bunch of politicians in Michigan, Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Ohio, and Pennsylvania, I'm calling them out. Speaker Lee Chatfield of Michigan, Speaker Pat Grassley of Iowa, Senate Leader Mike Shirky of Michigan, Senate Leader Jack Whitver of Iowa, Senate Leader Paul Gazelka of Minnesota, Speaker Brian Cutler of Pennsylvania, Senate Floor Leader Matt Huffman of Ohio, Speaker Robin Voss of Wisconsin, Senate Leader Scott Fitzgerald of Wisconsin. That's 10 of you. Dear Commissioner Warren, remember him? the Big Ten commissioner. We would like to express our desire for the Big Ten conference to reconsider the decision to cancel the football season. After hearing from many concerned students, parents, and coaches, we have been encouraged to convey our support for their wishes and our responsibility to defend the students' long-term academic and career interests. Wait a minute. When you elect people, They are there absolutely to look out for their constituents. Some of their constituents are students at these schools. Now, not students at the schools who are not registered to vote at those schools because they're not residents in those states. 
But let's pretend that all of the Big Ten players all register to vote in the state in which they play. Recent actions taken by other conferences across the country to start football and other fall sports have placed the Big Ten, its members, and students at a disadvantage. These athletes are losing a vital part of student life and are becoming less marketable to future employers with each passing week. Put a pin in that sentence, please. We're going to get to that. We already told you in a previous show, Coca, it may have been a month ago. I can't remember, during the pandemic at some point. We told you that so few players become pros and you don't become less marketable to a future employer in the insurance industry or on Wall Street or in, if, you're, if you become an author, if you become a salesman, if you become a marketing person, a salesperson. You're not less marketable because you played three years of varsity instead of two, instead of four, one instead of two. But we'll get back to that. Additionally, our local universities stand to lose hundreds of millions of dollars that support vital student scholarships. I agree with you there, folks. Football's a big business. Do you know what costs more than the revenue you get from football? The healthcare expenses of non-athletes or athletes or anybody getting sick. But we'll continue. This is even more frustrating when we think of how our Big Ten athletic programs are leading the way by providing outstanding health and safety protocols. True. Our coaches and players should be given a chance to make the policies and the protocols work. After all, this region is home to some of the world's leading institutions of higher learning, scientific research, and medicine, and we are confident that they can continue to safeguard the health and safety of our student-athletes. The support among players, parents, coaches, and fans is overwhelming. Therefore, here's the conclusion on page two. Therefore, we respectfully ask that you take their concerns to heart and work with the leadership at our universities to allow sports to continue safely this fall. Sincerely, the 10 people I read before. I'm the president of Wisconsin or the chancellor, and I look at this letter and I say, oh, God, did I make a mistake? Of course, I didn't even think of that. Yes, we are hurting the futures of these students and we're going to lose a lot of money and we've got great health and safety protocols. Golly gee willikers, I'm so thankful that I got this letter. Yes, I had no idea that other conferences were playing. Thank you. Give me a break. What bothers me is I've gotten letters like this too from politicians. Baseball gets a lot of letters from politicians because politicians feel that they are in the right when they get to, remember all those uh, hearings on steroids and hearings on baseball wants to do, get involved, politicians. Remember Bernie Sanders writing letters? Don't you contract minor league teams, Rob Manford. And Rob Manford went, ooh, I'm so scared. When we get letters like this from politicians, I've gotten a lot of them. You know who you are if you're listening on Nothing Personal because you've written them. Do you know what I do with those letters? I look at it and I say, Beth, could you get Alfie or Javi on the phone? Those are two guys I worked with. Government relations people. They're more than that to say the least, but hey, here's a letter. See you later. 
no, I'm not responding. No, I'm definitely not responding. No, I'm not taking a meeting. Oh, yes, I'm going to start playing football in the fall for sure. Yes, just tell them that this letter did it. What is it that the politicians are doing it for? There can only be two reasons. Votes or money. They've got donors who want their kids playing or want their conferences playing or their schools playing. And they're trying to get votes for their election. Wait. No, I know. Third reason. Curring favor in other parts of government. There is no reason for it. None. Thanks for the letter. Bye. What's the expression putting your foot in your mouth from? Have you tried to put your foot in your mouth before? I'm just curious. Have you actually? And listen, I'm a talker. I've been accused to, oh my God, he put his foot in his mouth again. I just think it's a weird expression because I can't even put my foot in my mouth if I tried. You could say like your fist in your mouth. You could say you put four fingers in your mouth right after a big meal. You could say, I just tried to get my elbow in my mouth. Well, Leonard Fournette put his foot in his mouth. I'm going to use the expression because everyone does. I'm going to make my own expression. Leonard Fournette put his elbow in his mouth and he doesn't even realize. Leonard Fournette has been in the news recently. He was a player. And of course, I'm blanking. Is he a, a run? Uh, I think he's a running back. He was a running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He is now a running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Remember, Tampa Bay Buccaneers have Tom Brady and they've got Rob Gronkowski and they're all in. They're excited. Their coach is a guy named uh, uh, Bruce Arians, I think. And they're expected to have a good season. Everyone's all excited. Leonard Fournette got out of Jacksonville. Jacksonville, I want to say since 2011, we talked about this before the show and I already forgot. I think since 2011, they've made the playoffs one time with a 10 and six record. And other than that, they've been two and 14, three and 13, five and 11, etc. They've just been bad. They play a bunch of their games in London, remember? There was a thought they may move to London. Anyway, Leonard Fournette got himself out of Tampa, out of Jacksonville and into Tampa. Fine. You got out of a crappy team. You're now playing on a better team with the chance of the playoffs. Just be quiet and play football. But nope, Leonard Fournette had a talk. And he said a line that really got my goat. He said, quote, for the first time in my life, I really have a quarterback. So that's an eye opener for me. Do you think that that curries favor for you in the Tampa Bay locker room? When they look at you and know that you're going to call out your ex-teammates and ex-players like that, is Tom Brady going to come up to you and say, hey, man, you're so right. I'm so glad you're here. No, because Tom Brady's going to say to himself, if I stink or have a bad year, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers don't do well, he's going to talk trash about me next. He played, Leonard Fournette did with Jacksonville, with a guy named Blake Bortles, a guy named Nick Foyles, and a guy named Gardner Minshew. You may never have heard of that. Nick Foyles, I think, won a Super Bowl with the Philadelphia Eagles when he replaced Carson Wentz. He then got a big long-term contract. Did I call him Foles or Foyles or Nick Foles? Sorry, Coca. Coca's at the ready. 
Another mispronunciation by Samson. It wouldn't be a Thursday without that. So he played with these quarterbacks, didn't have a lot of success. Nick Foles, I think, had a little success, wasn't great. Gardner Minshew, I want to say he may be the guy with the big mustache, and I think he was okay, not great, but a bit of a personality. I don't know much about Blake Bortles. Somebody must have been the the quarterback when uh, they made the playoffs, but none of that's my point. My point is that in my experience in a clubhouse, when players talk about management, there's a lot of ass padding. Yeah, man, I agree. You know, Samson sucks. Yeah, we stink. All we do is trade players. When manage- when players talk badly about the commissioner's office, you tend to get a lot of camaraderie. Where you don't get camaraderie in a clubhouse is when a player comes onto your team and immediately says things not about his previous organization, but about his previous teammates. And in an era, which is the era in all sports, where the odds are really super good that there's someone in the Tampa Bay locker room who was a teammate at one point with one of those three guys or has a friend on the Jaguars or a friend of a friend, that teammate is not going to want to hear it from you, Leonard. And I've watched this play out. I've actually watched how the gossip goes inside a clubhouse. I don't want to say I was always above it. I don't want to say that I never participated in it. I mean, I mean, I can shit talk like the best of them. But there's a line that you do not cross ever, ever. You don't talk about your ex-teammates. That is the second most important rule of any clubhouse. What's the first rule? You don't talk about your current teammates. I'm definitely surprised. I'm surprised that Leonard Fournette did it. He's going to a team right now where they are trying to be the Patriots. They are trying to bring a level of discipline that leads to winning, to building a culture where the Buccaneers have a real chance. He's supposed to go in there. He's not even the featured back. You're supposed to go in when you're new to a team and just take a breath, take a step back. I don't know why he put his elbow in his mouth like that. It makes no sense to me. All right, I want to stay with football because this is football week. And uh, football week means that the NFL is starting. This Thursday, there is a game between the Chiefs and the Titans, Texans. Chiefs-Texans is this week, Thursday night. Today is, so that's t- Coca tonight. Why didn't we have that in the show? It's today, today is Wednesday. Okay, let me start that again. Here we go. And six, nine, four. So let's stay with football. And because this week coming up tomorrow, the NFL season starting. And I want to talk about something that happened yesterday and mention my concern. And this is not a COVID concern. This is a concern that I shared with you about Major League Baseball that has absolutely turned out to be spot on. When we told you that MLB had a truncated spring training part, duh, 
and that there were going to be injuries galore. There, no one was playing exhibition games. The pitchers were ramping up and it wasn't going to work out. Well, we're seeing that. Von Miller, the defensive end for the Denver Broncos, got hurt yesterday in practice and likely is out for the season. He wasn't even in pads, but he hurt his ankle. He's going to get the MRI. Doesn't matter if he plays or not plays. I'm talking about the concept here. Big, big picture. It was a very big deal, as you recall, to the NFL Players Association that they not play in preseason games. They were uncomfortable. They wanted to limit. They wanted to limit the number of practices they had with pads. They negotiated that, and they won it. They wanted to limit the number of preseason games. They negotiated it, and they won it. The number was zero. Is it reasonable to expect your team on Thursday night to go out and play balls-to-the-wall football in a 16-game season where every game is like 10 baseball games in a regular season. That's how important each football game is. And they will not have hit one player who wasn't someone they showered with since last season. Not one player, not one time. Now, coaches, this is my favorite thing about managers and coaches when they talk to the media. Oh, our guys are ready. We've been scrimmaging. We had inter-squad scrimmages. We had simulated games. I always liked that when I talked to our GM and he said, listen, we're going to have him put him in a simulated game. And I always say, simulating what? What are they simulating? Game experience? Are they simulating facing opposing pitchers? Are they simulating having a guy on third with one out having to get him in? How do you simulate that exactly? Just put a guy in third and say, hey, there's one out. Get him in. Practice. Practice getting him in. There's a reason that baseball has 30 spring training games. You've got to get players ready and you want to play teams that are not your own. I agree that NFL preseason stinks. I get it as a fan. Hate watching it. Your players are in for a series, maybe two, maybe a quarter, and then they're done. I get it. But it's there so the players can get ready for game speed. That's like saying in the NBA that you didn't need seeding games. You could go right to the playoffs. Well, we had five on five. We did shirts and skins, and we're ready. No, you're not. The game speed is so much faster when you're playing an actual opponent. I think the NFL is in grave danger. Is there any other kind? They're in grave danger because I'm worried about injuries. I'm worried that when players start going all out, you're going to have some hamstrings, you're going to have leg injuries. And I think that it is going to be an issue that will cost the NFL because there are going to be more players out. Now, There'll be players out who you may never have heard of. When the left tackle gets hurt, you're like, ah, what's the big deal? That's a big deal if you're the quarterback. So I'd like to make a prediction. It's not a wait to see. It's just a prediction. My prediction is that when we look back on the 2020 NFL season, much like when we look back on the 2020 MLB season, we will see a disproportionate number of injured players. 
whether it's more concussions, whether it is lower body injuries, upper body injuries, doesn't matter. General injured list players. And in football, it's hard. A lot of players are put on injured reserve and they're there. Like that's just where they're out for the season. It's hard to heal, right? When you have a, uh, you know, an issue in another sport, there's some baseball injuries. Yeah, hamstring, that's a couple weeks. You come back. Sometimes it's four weeks or six weeks, sometimes longer. Football, when you have an injury, it can be gruesome and you can be out for a really long time. So that's my prediction. It started with Von Miller. I actually don't know how many other injuries have taken place in practice, but once games start this Thursday, get ready. The National Football League is starting. I'm happy. I'm happy. Yes, I'm happy. I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried. It's in my nature. All right, when we come back, I'm going to talk about $29.99. We'll be right back. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Welcome back. I did it. I did it. I'm sorry. I admit it. I spent $29.99 to watch Mulan. I did. I already had Disney Plus. They said Mulan was going to be released on Disney Plus, just like Hamilton was released on Disney Plus. So I thought that I would just get it for free. So I clicked to watch the movie because I want to watch the movie because I want to review the movie because it's a movie that I wanted to see. It's a live action from the animated Disney movie of the same name. Press the button. Hello. Hello. Um, excuse me. Mr. Sampson, to watch this movie, you must click the following button for a one-time fee of $29.99. I'm sorry? Well, I'm not with 10 other people. Who's going to Venmo me $3 each? Oh, you're right. A movie ticket's $10. I wasn't with two other people. I spent $29.99 on Mulan. Not worth it but I want to talk about the movie. The review of this movie, Mulan, is based now. Mulan would have been worth it for a movie ticket, by the way. Here's the story. I am not discussing the political issues around the movie Mulan. I'm reviewing the movie Mulan. If you want to do some reading about what's going on with the movie Mulan, do a little search on the Google web. Mulan, China. Mulan, genocide. Mulan, human rights. It's an interesting thing. Hollywood and Beijing have a very interesting relationship that is based on uh, 
Ching. It's based on De Niro, I Fuego. Sorry, Wilson. De Niro, De Niro. Anyway, the movie. It's not a musical. There were no songs. There was only a song at the end credits. Good song, by the way. And I found the story. It just didn't play well to me. It's cool. Don't get me wrong. Rosalind Chow's in it, who I love. Jet Li plays the emperor, who I love. They found an actress to play Mulan, and she's amazing. All in all, it's cool. But the story is about a woman who dresses as a man to go to the army and then reveals that she's a woman, and they say no women allowed, and then she says, but I can kick everyone's ass. Let me show you. Watch what I can do. Boom, boom, boom. Go through the air like a matrix. Ooh, a bullet's coming. It's not a bullet. It's actually a sword. Not a sword. What's the thing called? Like an arrow. Wait, I'm going to dive back. Sorry, Wilson, again. She dives back and misses the arrow. She catches the arrow. Then she beats up 10 guys. And then the guys say, you know what? You're damn good. We welcome you. We were wrong. You're better than we are. You saved us. Come on. Aren't we at the point now where who cares if it's a woman or a man or a they or a he or a she? If you can kick someone's ass, I want you on my side. Mulan. 30 bucks. If you got your whole family, I guess you could do it. Maybe. All right. Nothing personal pick of the day. We lost. We're 15 and 10. The Bucks plus four didn't hit because the Heat are a better team and they won by nine. But don't worry. I'm not giving up. I said I'd stop with basketball after I lost a game. But I'm actually not going to do that. Let's go one more, Coca. Okay. Raptors plus three. Game six is tonight, Toronto against Boston. I think this goes seven games. Now, I think there's a player on the Raptors who's maybe in a cast, but I may have the wrong team. Hey, Coco, what team is Ibaka on? For some reason, I thought he was on, I don't know what team he's on. He is on the Raptors. It's amazing. I need to have more confidence in the ridiculous knowledge that sits in my brain that gets spewed out on nothing personal every day and in pregame and postgame conversations with Coco. I still like Raptors plus three. I'm going to take my 15 and 10 record out for a ride. Congratulations to the Heat. Conference finals for the first time since 2014. How great was our segment? Go back and listen to it. I don't remember what day it was, but it was sometime during the bubble when we talked about Pat Riley and the miracle that is Pat Riley. Probably, I mean, think about him as a, as a coach, as an executive. He wasn't a very good player, but he was a player. He was fine. He is, he's one of the best of all time, if not the best. Guaranteed Hall of Fame, just unbelievable. Who's on this team? They drafted Tyler Hero, Hero out of Kentucky. Bam Adebayo finished, I think, second in Rookie of the Year behind Ja Morant, but I could be wrong about that, but for some reason it's in my head. They brought in Jimmy Butler, who has shown leadership. Goran Drag- Dragic is, uh, I'm wrong, Coca. All right, you can whisper it while I'm doing the segment. You can tell me. If there was rookie, was it none the rookie? Who finished second to Moran? Was it Zion? It was none. Kendrick none was the rookie, not Bam. Okay. Whatever. It's still a Heat player. In any case, the Heat built a team that was better than the Bucks, even potentially with Giannis, but certainly without. First time since 2014. All right, I'm just going to do it. Wait to see is when I tell you things that are going to happen. And if they do, I say they did. And if they don't, I say they didn't. 
That's what wait to see is. And the wait to see, the Miami Heat are going to win the Eastern Conference. You're right, Marone, a producer at CBS Sports HQ. I, I said it. The Heat are going to make it to the NBA Finals against either the Clippers, Rockets, Lakers, or Nuggets. That's how good they are. Congratulations, Miami. So now the Bucks get eliminated. The Bucks were the number one seed. The Bucs had the best offense in the NBA. The Bucs had the best defense in the NBA. The Bucs had the MVP in the NBA. He hasn't been named, but he will twice in a row. The Bucs had the best defensive player in the NBA. That's Giannis. The Bucs had some shooters. Don't count Kyle Korver. He's my age. But between Bledsoe, Middleton, they had a team, the best team. And then the pandemic hit. The bubble came. And the big advantage that the Bucks had, what's the difference if you're the number one seed? There's no home court advantage. Oh, yeah, you put serve on the floor. You put a little Buck logo on the floor and say, oh, now you're in Milwaukee. Close your eyes, Dorothy. You're in Milwaukee. No, you're not. You're still sleeping in the same crappy hotel in Disney World, eating bagged food, playing golf and foosball. I don't want to call this a bubble upset. People are saying, is this bubble related? The Heat played better than the Bucks. period. But this is an example when the NBA chose to go to a bubble and you're the owner of the Bucks or you're the owner of the Lakers, you realize that the big advantage that you had going in, you've lost. You wonder why LeBron James wanted to get his whole team together to have practices as a team during the pandemic? All momentum the Bucks had, that's why... Repeating in the NBA is so hard. This has been a second season. This isn't like the playoffs after a regular season. This is a whole new season, starting off fresh. The Bucks were the best team last season that ended in March. So I'm not going to call it a bubble upset. The NBA definitely is not unhappy. Having the Miami Heat, having both Los Angeles teams still alive could be helpful for ratings, for interest. People want to watch LeBron. People have something to do with the Heat. They like watching the Heat. Bigger market than Milwaukee for sure. The NBA is not unhappy with it. The NBA knew this was coming. Nothing personal knew this was coming. The whole purpose of the bubble was to get the business back up and running, period. If it came at the expense of who had been the best team, guess what? That's how it goes. Because when you've got a league to run, sorry, Milwaukee, it's business. It's nothing personal. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. 